The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you always the spirit of truth whom the world cannot accept because it neither sees nor knows him. But you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me. But you will see me because I live and you will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and observes them is the one who loves me. Whoever loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Once we get, again, we have in our Gospel reading words from Jesus that are as mysterious as they are beautiful. As he speaks of himself and his disciples. And here, as we prepare for our celebration this week of Ascension Thursday, and afterwards, the great Pentecost Novena, by which we prepare and call upon heaven for a renewed outpouring of the Holy Spirit, our Gospel reading takes an explicit turn to this promise of the gift of another advocate, the Spirit of Truth, whom Jesus says the world does not know and does not accept, because it neither sees nor understands him. And then he looks to his disciples and mysteriously says, what do you do? And you can almost imagine the puzzlement on the faces of the apostles where they're thinking, really? I'm not so sure about that, Lord. And this is where the first and last lines of our gospel reading today are very, very important. The Lord insisting that if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And when he speaks this way, the Lord is not speaking about a disposition of mere compliance that he is looking for within us. Rather, he is speaking of something much more fundamental, much more vital. Because it is one thing to comply with a rule, and it is another to embrace what is right and what is good. And this is the secret Jesus is speaking of as he talks about sending the other advocate, the spirit of truth upon those who are his friends and upon those who love him. And right away, if we just pause right there, we run up against a certain misunderstanding that is common among Christians. We see it every year as we draw near to Pentecost, where we have in our minds, if I just pray hard enough, 
the Holy Spirit will come. If I say the right prayer, it's an attitude that's not connected simply to that one feast day. It's something that happens in the spiritual life for many. And so given that this is Mother's Day, let's take advantage of the spiritual motherhood of one of the great saints that the Christian tradition has produced, and that would be St. Teresa of Avila, who 500 years ago wrote very profoundly on what it is to live a full spiritual life. In one of her most famous books, The Interior Castle, talks about seven levels, seven mansions in the spiritual household and how one builds that house and moves from one level to the next, from the very beginning stages. And what's absolutely remarkable about her teaching is how seriously she takes that simple statement of Jesus. If you love me, you will keep my commandment. And that means having my commandment within you and then observing it. Because it's often the case when we try to grow spiritually, and this is common, we look for resources to help us, do we not? We wonder which prayers we should say. We even wonder how I should pray. And there are hundreds and hundreds of books written on prayer that talk about techniques of prayer, how you prepare your space, how you slow down your breathing, how you concentrate, how you meditate. And the remarkable thing is that St. Teresa says nothing about that. It is absolutely wonderful. She when she speaks about the very beginning stages of the spiritual life, she doesn't recommend any specific prayer to say. And we stop and we say, this is so not what I've learned. This is so not how I understand it. She doesn't recommend a time of day to pray. She doesn't recommend a technique. Rather, she begins with this. You know some prayers. Say them but don't live there. If you really want to grow spiritually at the very beginning, focus on this. What does God want me to do? And start trying to do it. it sounds so easy when we put it that way, doesn't it? <laughs> Notice there's no magic formula here. There's no novena to say. And it's not that those things are bad. But rather, what she is saying is the minute I begin saying, Lord, what is your will for me? I'm already praying. And it is that fundamental prayer of surrender to the will of God that really moves a person forward. The other prayers that we say are not unimportant, but they have their real value when they are said by the heart that is trying to know and follow the will of God. How wonderfully, gloriously simple that is. And in speaking that way, she'll then say, and at the beginning, what's going to happen is we're going to ask that question and we're going to say, I am so not following the will of God anywhere in my life. And so that means I need to pick a place and I need to start. And notice what happens. Because I decide 
and desire to follow the will of God, my life begins to change. Not all at once, but in small ways. And the initial way is to stop doing what I know is wrong. It's a simple thing. How many of your mothers have reminded you of that over the course of your life? Mine at least 15 times a day. <laughs> but note, note in, in fact, there's the genius of motherhood in this advice. If you know that this isn't right, stop doing it. If you know that it's not good, try to pull away from it. Note, it's not a matter of change your life completely right now, but it's a matter of at least take a step in the right direction. And you've already begun to advance spiritually. It's marvelously beautiful advice because it's so humble, because it's so simple and yet so gloriously profound, because her insight is this. When I begin to do that, as I begin to lay aside my dishonesty, my selfishness, in whatever small way, I also become capable of honesty that I wasn't capable of before, of generosity that I didn't show before. And all of a sudden, I'm not just walking away from sin, I'm walking into goodness. And that begins to change my character truly for the better. And if I'm doing that, without my even realizing it, I'm already beginning to live according to the Spirit of God. Note how marvelous that is. But we make the mistake sometimes of saying, Lord, send me your Spirit, and then I'll move. <laughs> and Jesus is saying, you already know enough to make a start. You know what I want from you? Take a start. The other things are important. They're good. They're necessary. But even more important is to surrender your heart to the will of God and take a step. And little by little, those small steps produce great advances. And the more exalted parts of the spiritual life, mystical union with the Lord, deep contemplation, will be the fruit of these things more than any prayers specifically that we say. The assumption is that we're praying, but part of our prayer is that beautiful prayer, Lord, help me to do what you ask of me. And why do I say it? Because I love you enough to want to do this for you. Just like when we live at home, there's that moment where a child grows into a certain relationship with his or her mother where it's not merely that I love my mother for what she does for me. I come to recognize I love her because she's good. Not just to me, but that she's good. And note the difference there. And all of a sudden, when we get to that point in our relationship, it's not just I'm doing this because she asked me. I'm doing this because I want to do it for her. This is the issue that Jesus is speaking of here. If you love me, you'll keep my commands. If you really love me, you'll want to do this because it's right and it's good. Not just for you privately, but it's right and it's good and friends look to honor one another. What a marvelous lesson that is. 
And that having been said, given that it is Mother's Day, we recognize that these simple things that the gospel holds out to us, this wonderfully deep and yet simple teaching of St. Teresa puts on the table before us something that the church has long held out, which is the intrinsic genius of what it is to be a good woman, the intrinsic beauty of motherhood. And so as we prepare for our annual blessing of mothers, let's just pause with that for a moment. There's a passage of scripture, very, very ancient, very, very beautiful, and read by far too few of us that speaks of this. And imagine a world some 3,000 years ago where, let's be honest, women did not have the freedom that they enjoy today. And imagine inspired words that speak of an unspeakably beautiful dignity of what it is to be a good woman. And it will use surprising examples to speak about a good woman as the hidden strength and power of her household and her family and the great source of prosperity and dignity for all the members of her household. Who can find a woman of worth? Far beyond jewels is her value. Her husband trusts her judgment. He does not lack income. She brings him profit, not loss, all the days of her life. She seeks out wool and flax and weaves with skillful hands. Like a merchant fleet, she secures her provisions from afar. She rises while it is still night and distributes food to her household, a portion to her maidservants. She picks out a field and acquires it. From her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength. She exerts her arms with vigor. She enjoys the profit from her dealings. Her lamp is never extinguished at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her fingers ply the spindle. She reaches out her hands to the poor and extends her arms to the needy. She is not concerned for her household when it snows. All her charges are doubly clothed. She makes her own coverlets. Fine linen and purple are her clothing. Her husband is prominent at the gates as he sits with the elders of the land. She makes garments and sells them, stocks the merchants with belts. She is clothed with strength and dignity and laughs at the days to come. She opens her mouth in wisdom. Kindly instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband, too, praises her, saying, Many are the women of proven worth, but you have excelled them all. Charm is deceptive. Beauty is fleeting. The woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Claim her for the work of her hands and let her deeds praise her at the city gates. Notice how those beautiful words 
make a profoundly important point. And as surprising as those images are, note how they rest on the very essence of what it is to maintain a household, to raise and care a family, and how there is something absolutely God-given and God-honored about all of that with a greatness that has very few, if any, equals. What a remarkable thing. And so those of you who are young and not yet mothers, keep that in mind, because that is the greatness of adult womanhood of which Scripture speaks. Those of you who are mothers, please stand a moment. By the powerful intercession of the Holy Virgin Mary, the most blessed and very best of all mothers, may Almighty God, in the generous depths of His goodness, pour out the abundance of His blessing upon each of you, upon all of you, and upon the households for which you care. May the Lord fill you with the wealth of wisdom, the gift of patience. May your heart be strong, loving, wise, and understanding in all ways. May the Lord who has brought fruitfulness and goodness into the world through you and through your family continue to do so. And may he make of your love something even more abundant. May your fruitfulness increase. May your family always be founded upon the sure and certain rock of his word. May you be happy in your children. May you be happy in your household. And may the Lord be pleased to gather you and your children into his eternal home as well, that your joy may be with him and his joy in you might abide joyfully in your heart forever. The Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs>